You're, you're not in yeah. New York. Whatever. Shut up. <laughs> it's the same megalopolis region. Yeah, when they, they all become when they all become mega cities, it'll all be the same thing. And Judge Dredd. Well, no, they they consider it right now. They called the seaboard the Eastern Seaboard, and it's um from Boston all the way down to D.C. is just considered one megalopolis region. It's the same thing with Southern. Yeah, it's huge. Um, same thing with Southern California from San Diego up to um the suburbs north of Los Angeles is considered. They call it the Southland, and it's just one. Um, megalopolis region same thing with uh shanghai um there's a whole bunch like an entire like province around shanghai and uh, tokyo is also megalopolis and mexico city and one force secures them all that force is known as the judges no the judges are not on our side right now i i am the law <laughs> no wait actually the judges are on our side because they ruled like pro LGBTQ plus recently, they did a. They expanded um, the equality rights, rights to include trans. Ah. Also, they they uh, secured uh, was it DACA? Yes, that yes. is correct. So that's good. Yes. Yeah. Surprisingly, Gorsuch uh, voted on the right side of it. I was not expecting that. I wasn't either. I was really shocked by that. Mm. Plus, you know it's good when you have a liberal ruling that is written up by one of the conservative judges. Mm. So then the oh, right can be like, if, if it were like Ruth Bader Ginsburg, they're like, oh, well, of course the left judges are saying, well, when the judges that are on the right are also spreading and writing up the stuff about it, it's like, okay, that, that feels more meaningful. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. It's less, less likely to be overturned. I have heard the theory that the reason that um, Justice Roberts, he's the chief justice, voted with the majority in favor of uh i think it was the trans rights one was because he wanted to let he wanted to have a conservative justice write the um, majority opinion rather than giving it to uh ruth bader ginsburg that's fair i mean as long as they vote in the right way i don't care who writes it up. yeah i don't care who writes it up as long as the yeah. it's in the law yeah it's just the idea of like how it's going to look publicly and like Sean said, the likelihood of it being fought back against. I'm concerned about the way that they're going to word it, though. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if they word it in a very specific way to make things better for themselves. Yeah, but they can always, you know, reevaluate it later when you get like a majority uh, liberal. You know, <laughs> hopefully, if that ever happens. Yeah. Have we have we introduced the podcast yet? No, I mean, haven't. I'll do that now. What's up, listeners? You're catching yet another episode of the JCU Podcast. I'm your host, Sean, and you're tuning into the podcast where me and the JCU crew get together to just catch up. Each and every episode, one or more of us will bring a topic of discussion, which we will dive into headfirst for you, our faithful listeners. You can catch us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Listen Notes, apparently, for some reason, and RSS feeds by just searching for the Just Catching Up podcast or JCU podcast with Sean Land. Or you could just search for me, Sean Land. I don't really care. You just you know, search for my name and just put it in there and maybe you'll get maybe get lucky. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Sean, I get lucky every time I search your name. Speaking of searching, do you know what you get if you search the JCU podcast? And actually... It's not really my my uh, scene, but you have to admire the pun. It's called "For the Greater Glory of Pod," and it's by people uh, alumni of the John Carroll University. Um, <laughs> and it's, I, I guess it's a, a Christian podcast. 
for the gl- greater glory of Pod, the JCU ah. alumni podcast. Oh, Pod, got I got you. Yeah. <laughs> pod from Game of Thrones. It's like uh, Pod Save America. Yeah, it's the same pun. One of those kinds of puns. Yeah. Oh, good pun. <laughs> Are we sure we're not talking about those little, like, cardboard circle things that were popular Pogs? in the 90s? Did I ever tell you I had, I bought a Pog Maker when I was a kid, mm. and I was kind of stupid. So I got the Pog Maker, and it says you can put whatever you want in here, and it'll make a <laughs> Pog out of it. And I, for some reason, thought it was going to, like, clone whatever was in there. But what it really meant was it was going to take whatever paper you put in there and po- and like chop a circular hole out of it, and that becomes the pog. So you put so your dad's credit card in there. So I, not quite that bad. I put all these like basketball cards I had. I had like a Michael Jordan oh, basketball no. card, and I put it in there. And I, and I was like, no, why? And and in retrospect, what the hell was I thinking that it was going to like, you know, clone the the basketball cards? But it it no, it just chopped them. Well, you know, the good news news is you have now a uh, very unique Michael Jordan pog. (laughs) Actually, no, I have lost that now, too. So so it's all gone. Oh, God. (laughs) Anyway, not just listeners anymore, because soon you'll be able to watch us as well on YouTube. Mm -hmm. Uh, So hopefully soon we'll be able to offer you other ways in which you can support the podcast. But for now, your listening and viewership are appreciated. So please do all of the YouTube and Spotify things like like, share, subscribe, ring the bell so you don't miss an episode, whatever you want to do. But now it's time for my favorite part of the episode, which is the JCU crew roll call. For today's episode, we have, as always, the producer. You might remember him from his role as Charles from Gaming Wildlife, a.k.a. Masturbates himself. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Ian! Hey, yes. Gaming wildlife was the thing that I used to do. <laughs> it was great. Uh, I like how he just glossed over the fact that I just called him Master Bates himself. His name is Master Charles. <laughs> <laughs> also, we have the composer who's not a poser. He's not going to write you a love song, but if he did, it wouldn't have any lyrics in it. It's the man behind NathanSoundsComposer.com. It's Nathan. All right. Well, yeah, and uh, just a word to the wise, uh, if you get a pog maker, it does not clone the pog. It, it chops up whatever you put in it. Including Michael Jackson, Michael Jordan basketball cards. I was going to say Michael Jackson basketball cards. That would have been a would, even better. I would, uh, Michael yeah, that would Jackson be a basketball. I'm sure he I used to think Walker trading cards. That was that time that he played in the celebrity <laughs> basketball game, I'm sure. When I was a kid, I thought Michael Jordan and Michael Jackson were both basketball players, and they played on opposite teams. I was like, oh, man, wouldn't that be a great NBA Finals? They did have a music video together, so there's that. FYI. They played basketball in that. I'll introduce our next guest. Ladies and gentlemen, it's the professor. That's right, ladies. He's the smart one. Can anyone divide by zero? They say it's impossible. I say that's only because this man hasn't tried yet. It's the podcast's most eligible educator, Jimmy Jim Jim Jam Jim. Greetings, everyone. And I'm sorry to disappoint you, but we're not going to divide by zero. It'll serve us no purpose. Multiplication division rules. We can walk through it later on. I can show you why. I do this with sixth graders every year. Yes, I am a middle school math teacher. Thank you. (laughs) and last but not least he's not with us yet but he's everyone's favorite doctor of love he's smoother than butter with the ladies i've been told and twice as tasty (laughs) no he 
you didn't spell his name wrong. You just spelled yours boring. It's Caleb. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> He's not here yet. <laughs> he's not here yet, but he's going to be joining us hopefully shortly before the end of the episode. But I, I love the... your introductions. I love your introductions so much. <laughs> this, is, this is my favorite part of the episode. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> and, I, and I am the host that was promised. The revolution that isn't televised, but still brought to you by the power of the internet. Coming at you from my seat of power in the heart of Castle Grayskull, I host the podcast! It's me, Sean. <laughs> well, I thought so, just a little bit. <laughs> I had to yell, Ian. That's how it works, okay? You right. don't get to trans I don't get to transform into he Sean unless I raise my gavel and he shout I am the He Sean? He Sean. He Sean. Sean man. Hey Caleb, you missed your introduction, but you made it just in time. Hey, what's up? Glad for you to be here. It feels good to see you guys. Glad to see the room full now. Good to see you too. Well, Caleb, you missed the introduction, but that's okay. We're going to jump right into today's topic. So I hope all of y'all are ready for a trip through time because today's episode is all about nostalgia, both now and in the future. Yeah, that's right. It's the JCU crew. We're discussing the things that we are the most nostalgic for now and the things we expect from modern times that we'll be nostalgic for in the future. It's our Nostalgia Trip episode. So everybody pile in to the Magic Astro Van because our producer Ian said a Magic School Bus was not in the budget for the episode. (laughs) (laughs) Look, those those things are worse than TARDISes. They defy beyond space and time. They can, like, seriously, even the doctor would take a look at this thing and go, I I don't know how that works. (laughs) All right, so... It's spacey-wacey. Look, look, I'm just saying, a magic school bus would have been appreciated, but we got the magic astro van, so let's make do. (laughs) We're going to jump into today's topic, and today's topic, like I said, nostalgia trip. So let's go forward. Let's do it. So what things are we nostalgic for from the past, and what do we think that we'll be nostalgic for in the future that exists now? Does that make sense to everybody? Is our... uh so I, I I was under impression. Is it specifically the '90s that we're nostalgic for, or anything from the past? Yeah, oh, nostalgia oh, okay. doesn't have to be you know it's been like in the '90s for us. I mean, I'm nostalgic for lots of things from middle school and high school, and that was early 2000s. Okay, mid to early. Yeah, exactly. So there's no specific time frame that we're looking for. Just the past, and then what are we going to be nostalgic for in the future that exists currently, right now? Does that make sense? Yep. Oh, yeah. All right. So I guess we'll start. Uh, well, I guess we'll start in the order of the roll call. Let's go with Ian first. Well, uh, one of the things that I was thinking about that I'm nostalgic for from the past, uh, like, I don't know, uh, like, should I, I've got a couple of ideas for this topic. Should I go with something that's more like local to where we used to live, or should I go with something that's a bit more broad? Whatever I'm going to go broad. You know, whatever, whatever floats your boat, bro. Well, uh, one thing that I'm nostalgic for, uh, a long time ago, there was a little shop in my hometown of Lawrence, Kansas, called Game Guy. Yeah. Oh, my God. <sighs> Dude. Okay, go, go, go. Oh, my God. Game I love it. <laughs> was that the one on Louisiana and uh, 23rd? No, no, no. That was Game Exchange. I never went inside. It's the one that's... Game Guy was the one that was downtown, right? Yeah. 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 Game Guy has okay. since then. The Main Street. 
between New Hampshire and Mass on was it seventh, eighth, one of those. Yeah, it was yeah. close to the it was close to the bridge. I remember that. Yeah, it was yeah. it was uh, okay. by seventh and seventh Mass in New Hampshire. It was on that little side street, and since then, uh, Sean, I don't know if you knew about this, but Game Guy has since then uh, been replaced because the landlords apparently. Uh, kept driving the price up like you do. It, it happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been replaced by a bar called John Brown's Underground. And it's a very trendy, hip, like, hipstery kind of bar. Granted, they serve some really good drinks, but it's a bit pricey. Uh, and it's But it is really, really good for, like, one every so often occasions. But the one, yeah, the one thing I loved about Game Guy is that it was literally just a place where you could hang out. Like so many game stores, I don't see do this anymore, and it kind of bothers me. They never have public game consoles that you could just test stuff on. So the bar, the bar is fine. I just I miss the the old days of being able to go into Game Guy as like a as a young lad and being able to go, hey, I want to test out this game and I want to be able to see this game, and they had. These it, it was such a small little uh, environment, but it was cozy and it had a nice atmosphere, and there was a smell about it. But it's not a bad like no, follow me on this. It's not a bad smell. It was like like a mixture of like nice leather and new car, some sort of a mixture of those two. It's the smell equivalent of what a switch game tastes like. No. <laughs> Nathan, I don't Why? know if our audience is going to get that reference. I thought that was a well-known thing. It is a well-known thing. In fact, I have Switch what, Game... The, yeah, that people taste Switch Game cartridges? Yeah, that's a well-known thing. Okay. Oh, you guys are all a, weird then. Just, I thought that was just something Nathan like talking about. <laughs> yeah, they taste disgusting, but yeah. I have oh, wow. Oh, okay, so, and you know... Oh, I'm, see, I'm looking at the pictures of it now. I'm looking at like pictures from inside. It's got like a John Brown picture on the wall, like a big mural thing. <laughs> For our audience, Ian just licked a Switch card. What was it, a Mario a Odyssey game? That, that speaks of utter repulsion Dude. on his face. It's amazing. Dude, why are you, yeah. why are you encouraging children <laughs> by licking the Switch Does cartridge? it taste like Game Guy? People, no, it doesn't. <laughs> game Guy's... So, you know, though, like, it's interesting because, you know, what Ian's describing, I, like, the main thing that was special about them, I remember, yeah, was console that... Center. Hang on, what? And now we've got Marlon. <laughs> <laughs> My girlfriend is mad at me for licking a Switch game. <laughs> like Marlon, he's licking Switch cartridges. Beat him. I don't know if she uh, No. Ah, damn it. <laughs> she left. Anyway. Uh, She'll hear the podcast. She'll hear it. <laughs> what I think was really special, though, like what Ian was describing, they always had like several consoles, and you could just say, hey, can I try this game or that game? Like yeah. nowadays... You can find like a GameStop or a Best Buy. They might have like a 3DS with one game in it, or mm-hmm. like a demo setup for like a like a Switch or PS4. Play a few minutes of a certain game, or maybe just a video. Like, but it's so much more limited than it used to be. With at least with things like Game Guy, it's like, that was always cool. Yeah, it, it is true that like I I miss being able to just like go there and play a game. But there's also an element to it that I never really thought about until recently. I think I talked about this during the Zelda episode, but I like being able to see what kind of progress, like, random strangers can make on a video game. Like, Mm -hmm. say, for example, you were to just go there and be like, hey, 
um, can I test out Star Wars Rogue Squadron? And you, you, they get it and put it in the N64, and you pull it up, and you find a, like, and you see how far people have progressed in it. You can see how much, uh, how far they've gotten into the game. In Majora's Mask, you can be like, okay, where is this person at? They're in the middle of, like, the Great Bay, the, the Great Bay. They're in the middle of the Great Bay, and they've got, like only three heart pieces and you're like how'd you get that far with only three heart pieces it was always interesting to see uh the random progress people would make uh whenever a console was in a public area yeah don't lick don't lick don't lick cartridges they taste like wax they taste like numb wax i don't know how else to describe it (laughs) how is wax numb (laughs) seriously wax numb yeah what what Okay. No, 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 wax. What? Anyway. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. How is wax even numb? How can you even describe a taste being numb? No, no, no. I, I, I think I understand. It's got a kind of a, a buzz to it, almost like uh, soda, right? The difference between like soda and flat soda. Mm. It's that, that, but wax. Okay. Okay. Do they all taste weird? Like that? Yes. I mean, are we going to turn this? <laughs> the I'm questioning my life choices right now. What does this one taste like? Switch, switch, switch cartridge oh, tasting contest. Yeah. yeah, that's beautiful. Let's oh, do that. God. That's that's for next episode. <laughs> to be honest, though, like I was actually nostalgic for Game Guy just like a couple months ago. Oh yeah, like, I showed I, I showed my girlfriend where it was, and I I tried to look up like the commercials for it, and I couldn't find one anywhere. Oh yeah, because those commercials were so unique and Game great. Guy. Yeah, that, that place felt like home though. <laughs> it did. It was such a it was such a neat little hole in the wall shop, and, and yeah, maybe it was due to the fact of like Amazon and so many other things. But there's a there's a store downtown in in Lawrence called Game Nut, and they're doing pretty well. They've got like comic, they've got comics and CDs and games, and they seem to be doing fine. It's just they don't really have any public consoles that you can just go in and test some games out on. And also the environment feels more like a store. Game Guy felt more like sort of a dude's living room that you could just buy games in. It it had a very welcoming atmosphere. And it's something that when I think back on like the year 2002, 2003, I think back and go, God, I just, I miss Game Guy, being able to go there and just hang out. Yeah, that that was a good yeah. time. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I I remember a game that used to have something like that, didn't they? Where you could go in and like play games. I yeah, mean, yeah. you have to pay, but they had they, they had them doing stuff like that again. I mean, they when they when they acquired the comic book store, they uh, they turned the upper area just into yeah, the comic book right. store, and they no longer have consoles that you can play on. But they've yeah. still yeah, it's still a fine they've, store. I, I got they've t- they've talked about like wanting to do that again though in the future. Like they've talked about like the basement area re- rebuilding all that and. Yeah trying to do that again because I, I can tell from talking to them that they want to do that kind of stuff mm-hmm. it's just yeah I, I think really for me I'm probably just most nostalgic about the the store itself just like I said it feels like uh, a living room it feels like a living room that you can go and purchase some stuff in it had like a carpet down it, it sort of felt like a, a a gamer's basement but sort of like a nice smelling gamer's basement if you know <laughs> what I mean <laughs> Yeah. Seriously, I don't. I cannot find that scent anywhere. It's like imagine nice leather and new car mixed together, and you're just like, ah, oh, it's very pleasant. It's, it's very welcoming. Clean, it's it's the clean man cave smell is what it is. Sure. Uh, 
It's what it's what it's the smell you get when you got a nice man cave mm-hmm. and you keep it clean mm-hmm. and and you play your games down there and it's a nice enclosed space and it's what happens when all those fumes from all those game consoles just kind of mixes in with the nice overwhelming <laughs> pleasant smelling atmosphere. There's no bo in there, okay? Yeah, it's just it's just nice and clean and you got your leather well, and you keep your leather nice and supple. So you spray the breeze every now and then. Yeah, <laughs> you gotta spray the Febreze. You gotta. Yeah, it's important. That's the most important so, thing of the day. You must keep yourself clean. Wash All your right, hands. Ian, I'm curious. I'm curious. So that's what you're nostalgic for now. What do you think you will be nostalgic for 30 years from now? I think anything nowadays that you think you will be nostalgic mm. for. So this this one's a bit esoteric, but I think I'm going to be nostalgic for and I and I hope I'm wrong about this. I really hope I'm wrong about this, but I think I'm gonna be nostalgic for the era in which like you could kind of make your own way in the entertainment industry. Like, especially over the past decade, being able to give the power to the individual, being able to be like, I'm just some random schmo with a YouTube account, and then make themselves either, not necessarily famous, but be able to get themselves an audience, be able to get themselves a following by creating a Patreon, creating Twitter account, YouTube account, Facebook, all that stuff, and be able to get people to follow them. I have a sneaking suspicion that's not going to be viable within the next decade or so. I have a feeling mm. being able to build your own audience by yourself or with a group of friends, like what we're trying to do, what I tried to do with Gaming Wildlife, uh, being able to do that, I think I will be nostalgic for in the future because I don't think it's going to be possible ballpark 10 years. In 10 years, I don't think people are going to be able to do this anymore. Yeah, that's fair. I mm-hmm. think that's a I think that's a fair assessment. Mm-hmm. I think we'll all be nostalgic for that world. Yes, when the corporations take over everything. Oh God, I hope they don't. <laughs> in, the, in, the, in the in the third corporation wars, <laughs> when nothing is left except Taco Bell. <laughs> that movie is so strange, but it's a lot of fun. I know, but it seems like every day that movie becomes more and more realistic. Every day we inch closer to uh, Demolition Man and Idiocracy not being fiction. <laughs> I'd argue one of those already isn't. Um, yeah. Idiocracy? Yeah, I, mean, no, I was thinking yeah. Demolition Man. What are you guys talking about? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, our president isn't anywhere near as, as uh, charismatic as Camacho. <laughs> <laughs> That's because Camacho is Terry Crews, who is incredibly charismatic. <laughs> Camacho was the man. I'd take Camacho over our current president any day. God, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so who's up next? Who did I put next? Oh, yeah, Nathan. All right. Poser that's not a poser. Let's go. Yeah, Nathan. You, um, so I have a little bit more vague, uh, well, broad, I guess, um, category, but... I'm nostalgic for the movies of the late 90s and the early 2000s. And I am not at all sure whether it's nostalgia or if... Actually, I I lean towards that. Or if the movies are better. But, like, what was... Name a movie that was as good as The Matrix that came out in the last, like, five years. Can you... I mean, I I can name some good movies, but I can't think of anything that... Is that stratospheric? 
Social like, the only thing that I could think of would be like subjectively, but like objectively speaking, the movie as good as The Matrix. Hmm, I don't know. Uh, and I'm sure there are. Like, that's the thing is I know there are movies that are just as good, but I feel like you don't realize they're that good until you're looking back in retrospect and you're like, holy shit, that movie kind of changed things. It's one of the things that annoyed me the most about going to film school is that we never studied anything contemporary. Ever. Like, mm-hmm. like we, we talked about the classics. We talked about, I swear, other than... This is probably an exaggeration, but other than Blade Runner, we didn't study anything after 1970. Like, maybe The Godfather, maybe Blade Runner, nothing, nothing, like, after that. We never studied The Matrix. I think of any counterexamples. Ian and I both went to film school, though. I uh, chose to go full-time into music instead of film school um, for... Uh, our listeners edification there um but yeah i i just like e- like and it's not even the good movies that i'm nostalgic for from the 90s it's also the really shitty and i'm i'm including like 2000 like 1997 to like 2003 in this like a movie like 2000s supernova starring james spader um no james spade somebody and angela bassett it is it by somebody <laughs> by all objective measures. It is a terrible, terrible movie. It's basically a ripoff of Aliens. Um, there are some really bizarro things. Like so, there's one scene where um, the director, who by the way was the first movie director post the Alan Smithy movie to want to remove his name from the credits. So instead of calling himself Alan Smithy, he called himself Thomas Jane. But it was the writer from Alien, Walter Smith, or a a person with a name. Um, And uh, the movie's not good. That's what I'm getting at. Um, I have a theory. I love it. I love that movie so much. Walter Hill, by the way. Walter Hill. Walter Hill. That's Um, the name. But there's a scene. As Thomas Lee. That's even changed his name to Thomas Lee. So get this there is a scene where. they wanted to have James. Is it who, who's the main actor? Is it James Spader? Yeah, it's James, James Spader. Spader. Yeah, it's James Spader. All right. Yeah. He, they wanted him and Angela Bassett to have a sex scene in the zero gravity part of their spaceship, <laughs> right? That. But Angela Bassett's like, I'm not doing that. Uh-uh. And so they had another actress, Robert Robin Tunney, who does not have the same skin color as Angela Bassett. But what they did was they filmed it with her and then digitally colored her skin so she looked like Angela Bassett. So, like, it's not just a bad movie. It's, like, a <laughs> movie made by bad people, right? Oh, no. And, like, yeah. just... just but, I, I don't know if anybody's familiar with Robin Tunney, but uh, she... I, I think she's an awesome actress. But yeah, she doesn't she, look like Angela Bassett yeah, at all. Yeah, not at all. <laughs> she, she's quite possibly the most opposite of, yeah. uh, of Angela Bassett that you could possibly be. Um, I love I, so, so all the problems with that movie aside, I have hell and nostalgia for that movie. I think it might have been the... No, because I'd seen The Matrix, but it was one of the first R-rated movies I'd seen. So like, like I was probably like 13 when it came out, and I was like, Holy shit, look at that. There's like naked people and there's like wanton violence. Oh, I love this movie. <laughs> but uh, in retrospect, looking at it, it's a terrible movie. But 
that's what I have nostalgia for is that era of film. Um, I also have nostalgia for The Patriot. Not oh, a good God. movie. Which Not one? a good movie by... The one with say, Mel Gibson. Okay. Yeah, the Mel Gibson one. I think there's also... Yes! What, what other I love, that, one. Head, right? I love uh, that movie. I do too. And you know the part I love the most is when they're in the battlefield, right? They're in the battlefield and they have the, the Revolutionary War soldiers lined up and then you see one guy and it cuts to a close-up of his face and then it cuts to what he's looking at and there's a cannon and it shoots a solid shot and it bounces, bounces, and it's like this lackadaisical, like it's just taking its time and then just whoosh, it cuts, it chops his head off and it, it's not a thing to really like, but I love that. And... um. And I, I have for two things about the movie: it's the cannonball and the hatchet. Those yeah, are the only the things hatchet scene is, is, is yeah. my, but it's also my, like. Go ahead. One of my favorite parts of that is when they uh, steal that. Uh, they steal the general's stuff, and then they oh, yeah. back. But then the dogs like leave it. Yeah, yeah. They they <laughs> pretend that they're gonna give the dogs back to the general, and then as he's wa- he's like riding his horse back at the hill, he like whistles, and the dogs are like. Whoop, we're out of here. <laughs> Peace out, bro. <laughs> you used to be our owner, but not anymore. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then he just looks so sad. Yeah. <laughs> I love that scene so much. What were you saying? Uh, Go ahead, Nathan. Oh, uh, no, but it's this kind of thing where it's like, I I remember that. And I think I'll always remember that. I don't remember. I, I love the movie Knives Out. I don't know if I remember a specific scene from that. Like, I remember um, the scene with the dogs from The Patriot from like 20 years earlier. And I think I think what it is is it has to do with like when you're that age, movies are just awesome. So my dad is like, you know, movies in the seventies are just better than movies now. Movies in the sixties and the seventies. And my sister probably thinks movies like from five years ago, like when she's like forty years old, will be like, that's when movies were that their peak was uh, the Force Awakens and Interstellar, um, which I love both those movies but not to the same degree that I love shit movies from the late 90s and early 2000s. I'm thinking probably um, a movie that's probably on the same par with The Matrix would probably be Inception. Inception, yeah. You know what? When I think about another movie like that, like like good sci-fi movies, have you guys seen Arrival? Yeah. Yeah, Mm. yeah. That That movie movie is amazing. Is is Arrival the one with the... The translators, right? Yeah, the, they're alien ships that are floating there, and they're trying yeah. to translate what they're saying. Yeah, that's yeah. a good one. Yeah, that is, that is definitely good. So, oh, yeah. remember when that came out? It's like, oh my god, this feels like like one of the more pure science fiction science fiction movies we'd had in a long time. Like, it wasn't yeah. a sci-fi action? Right. You know, it was like, yeah, it was. It was a, I mean, it's not completely hard sci-fi, but it's closer to that than something like The Force Awakens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Annihilation was good too. Yeah, oh, yeah, I was just about to say yeah. Annihilation. Annihilation is a solid film. So I, I, I t- switching gears, what I'm going to have nostalgia for, and it's going to be slightly different than, than what you're probably expecting, but it's going to be exactly what we're having issues with with the video on the Zoom call is going to be what we remember and what we're going to like. Like in 20 years, there's going to be somebody who's going to make a movie um, about Zoom calls, and we're going to be like, it was just like that. <laughs> the, the video kept cutting out. And and everybody's like the light was kind of too blown out and the audio is peaking. I remember that. And then our kids are going to be like, man, it sucked back then. 
<laughs> I think I, we remember the flaws of things more yeah, than yeah, we yeah. remember like, their like perfections. When, oh yeah, exactly. exactly. Like when we make um, movies like like ripping off '80s and '90s horror, you put the VHS effect and you make it warbly and stuff that they hated back then is the stuff that you know you're nostalgic for. So we're gonna. I absolutely agree with that. I think that's definitely going to be a thing. <laughs> I mean, I'm so I'd be surprised if that there already isn't a movie like some horror movie. In fact, I think there is where they're all on a Zoom call. Yeah, it's uh, unfriended. Oh, unfriended. Yeah, it's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> but the concept like is there. One. No. Yeah, but the the concept is there. There there had been you know found footage movies before um, Blair Witch, but the concept you, you have to do the concept well. Like, uh, there's that one movie with, um, oh God, what is his name? Uh, John Chu. I think his name is yes, John Chu. John, uh, where, yeah. Where the one where he's like, he's trying to backtrack his daughter's like last movements through her online profile. I can't remember. That oh. is genius. That movie's great. That movie's fantastic. I love that. I think that's what, I think that's probably my favorite like mm-hmm. movie about that kind of, that subject. Mm-hmm. It's it's so God. I'm I'm gonna look it up, but keep going. No, I like I do feel like there's merit to that. The idea that um, when we look at our past and we look at the kind of like videos we used to up we used to upload on YouTube, the kind of uh, video calls that we're doing now, I wouldn't be surprised if in the future a lot of us are just like, whenever a movie talks about something like this, they're going to be like, you know, this just. It doesn't feel authentic because the quality is too high. It needs to be a little bit grainier. It needs to be a little bit more pixelated. It needs to be a little bit more like the audio needs to be unbalanced. There is such a thing like we're seeing that now with video games. Like a lot of people have huge nostalgia for 8-bit and 16-bit games. They're They're making brand new versions of games that look really old that back then they would have been like, we don't want to make this. We want to make 3D models. We want to make it polygonal we want to make it look nicer we want to make it more, look more realistic and now people are going now we kind of want to go back to the 8-bit 2d style i wouldn't be surprised if nathan's right that we're going to look back and go you know what i miss it when videos were a little lower quality when the audio blew out occasionally yeah. when the lighting wasn't just right because it feels more authentic that way it feels less staged that sort of yeah. thing i wouldn't I mean, it's kind of yeah. You had to use a controller. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, those are going to go out of style eventually. And yeah, I I think it's the, I mean, there's a quote by somebody and I don't even actually know who it is, but like the, the thing you remember from something is its flaws and not, it's like not the stuff that works. Remember the perfections. I mean, for example, um, distorted guitar that's done as an effect now, but like originally it was because they were blowing out the speakers they're playing on or um, like adding film grain to something. People like they have like plugins now where if you want to make like video 4k video footage look better, quote unquote, uh, the scare quotes there, um, you add like an effect that adds like the grain and the, the shittiness of like, tactile film yeah um, Most, um, uh, i think you got you see like a lot of video games doing that now as well trying mm-hmm. to be like more cinematic 
Well, actually, cinematic was the was the big thing that video games tried to do around 2010. They wanted to make them look more like movies, and within the last decade, you've started to see companies move away from that and trying to focus more on the actual gameplay rather than just being, like... The last real cinematic game experience I felt like was the Uncharted series because Uncharted is basically a movie that you control sometimes. Uh, uh, I disagree. There's a game that literally just came out this Friday. What game? Cinematic is all crap. Last of Us, man. Oh, yeah. Okay, maybe it's just Naughty Dog. Then. So maybe cinematic that people are comparing it, <laughs> comparing it uh, to uh, unfavorably to Game of Thrones Season 8 and the Star Wars sequels. Yeah, be, people are so. not liking um, the new Naughty Dog game. They're like, yeah, this isn't working so well. Personally, from what I've seen, from what I've played of it, I, I have to agree. Uh, but, you know, that's 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 another story. <laughs> I haven't looked into it, and I haven't played the first one either, but I do remember when the first one came out, a lot of people talked about it as being very cinematic in the way that Ian was describing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was definitely like, it was definitely like playing a movie. Mm-hmm. So was, the, so was Uncharted, for that matter. I felt like I was playing Indiana Jones. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe maybe that's just what Naughty Dog wants to do. Maybe that's just the thing. That's, that's the thing. That's the thing. So, all right. So, who's next on the list? I think it is Jim. You're next. You're up. What are what are you nostalgic for? So that that's the funny thing is that nostalgia is kind of weird for me because dear God, I'm nostalgic about everything that's taken place before my current point in time. Like I feel nostalgic for YouTubers I used to watch five years ago that aren't doing things anymore. (laughs) I'm nostalgic for things I did in college. I'm nostalgic for things from my childhood. Like, dear God, there's not a thing that like, if I look back on it fondly to me, that's just nostalgia for everything. But like more specifically, um, so I, I took two different routes and I was thinking about this. One was video games, which... The funny thing is, I don't know if I can really say I'm nostalgic for the video games of my childhood because I'm still playing those same games today. The vast majority of games I play are either re-releases or remakes of games I played as a kid. I don't know that I'll have any nostalgia in the future for the games coming out nowadays. Like, very few, a few indie games maybe, um, maybe some a thing here or two from the PlayStation 3 era maybe, like God of War, God of War 1 through 3, I bought the trail on PS3. I love those. Um, but video game wise, I can't really think of much nowadays that I predict myself feeling nostalgia for. Um, maybe some of the consoles or things I would do on them. But other than that, um, uh, the main thing for me with what I was thinking with nostalgia was, um, well, similar to how Ian said video games and Nathan said movies, for me, animation. Um, I think about like a lot of the 90s and early 2000s show I watched, and I was really excited to see a lot of them pop up again on Disney Plus and Netflix. And I think in the past, you know, five to 10 years, we've had a lot of phenomenal animated shows, especially, but I guess also live actions, but mostly animated. I'm thinking the stuff from Adventure Time onward, you know, I'm thinking of Steven Universe and Star Wars and the Forces of Evil, even Netflix stuff like BoJack and Castlevania. I can, I feel like I'm going to have hell in nostalgia for a lot of those shows 20, 30 years from now. I think so. Yeah, I like, um, I was thinking of old animated stuff from the '90s, and I just kept thinking X Men. Yeah, I've been rewatching <laughs> X Men and Gargoyles. Yeah, Crowd Family. Yes. I found that on Disney. Yes. Oh, I, need, I was like, I need that. I need that in my life right now. <laughs> Darkwing Duck. Yes. Goof Troop. 
Um, uh, Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers. Oh, yeah. Anything from the Disney <laughs> Afternoon, dude. Anything from there. There was um, a Lilo and Stitch cartoon for a minute there. Yeah, there was. I actually, it was pretty good. Yeah. Oh, and Aladdin. There was an Aladdin cartoon. Aladdin. That's not on there, and it makes me so mad. I What? <laughs> yeah. They, they have, have the, the Hercules, Hercules show on there. there. Yeah, yeah. They have the Little Mermaid show on there. They don't have the Aladdin show. How do they not have Aladdin? Is there a reason? I don't know. It's I theirs. don't know. How is this? Uh, it's, it's theirs for sure. They own that. They have, if they don't own that, I'm, I'm going to be very upset. I, I, I should look into it because I never thought to it. look further into that's, it. Like, yeah, it's, I don't know why gotta, it's on there. That's got to be an oversight by somebody. I hope so. But somebody's just I, sitting there kicking themselves because they were like, "Ah, crap! We forgot Aladdin." I'm just sitting there thinking, like, I, I, I need a, I need Abysmal. I need Mechanicles. Yes. I, I need um. Oh, what, what was his name? Uh, the emo Aladdin guy. Um. Oh God. Um. Oh man. No, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, the Prince of the uh, Dark Sands. Yeah. <laughs> and we need uh freaking Hank Azaria as yeah. as the genie again. Oh God. And I remember, um, what was that, that cat? Oh, was the, like that, the, the Cheshire cat looking thing? Yeah, yeah. And he was played by the guy who played um, Berlinghoff Rasmussen in Star Trek Next Generation. <laughs> Berlinghoff Rasmussen. You know, you, you know the voice. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that was a good one. There were some really weird episodes of that show. Oh god, but it was so good. Oh man, I love I love expanded universe. You know, and they even yeah. had a crossover with Hercules. Yeah, no, they did. Hercules. That was a Hercules episode. They crossed over with Aladdin. Sorry, got it backwards. Yeah, they did. I remember yeah. that. Oh god, that was that was. Those are some good animated shows back then. Especially <laughs> I'm thinking like Spider Man. Oh uh, man, all the Marvel movie. shows, yeah, yeah, definitely. They had an they had an Iron Man cartoon as well. I remember that you, watching that. You remember, uh, remember X Men Evolution? Yes, oh, I do. God, I, I love that. It was weird because it was like Wolverine was an adult and Storm was an adult, but everybody else was a teenager, and it was like okay, but whatever. <laughs> Wait, was Cyclops a teenager? Yeah, Cyclops was a teenager. Jean Grey was a teenager. Yeah, they Beast were they were all like was an adult. Uh-huh. Yeah. Most of the main group was, was high schoolers, and like a lot of like it had a lot of the younger ones. It had like Kitty Pride and Nightcrawler, and yeah, I can't remember the kid's really, but his mutant name was Spike. Yeah, and he uh, he it was now see that was that was that was weird to me because I like looking back at that now. I'm just kind of like, what were they trying to do there? Because <laughs> it's like okay, he's Spike is like the black kid, and he's and the also the skateboarder. <laughs> And he's also the basketball player, and he's also the class clown, and it's just like, wait, you mean the nineties black kid trope? Yeah, oh, oh the nineties black kid I tropes. Mean, do we need to? Do we need to talk Power Rangers for a second? Oh, oh my oh, god, man. I think we do need and to his, talk about and Power Rangers. Break dancing martial arts. Hip hop keto. Hip hop keto. Yeah. <laughs> I remember uh, <laughs> whatever the fuck that was. Remember from the opening ep- the opening of every episode, I just remember him doing that weird. <laughs> like what the hell is that? Yeah. Oh god! Go back. They treated it like it was a real thing. Yeah, <laughs> Walter Emmanuel Jones. He, That's his name. Yeah, yeah. He, I remember him. Yeah, they yeah. 
I remember him doing an interview uh, saying that apparently they had invented the idea of hip hop keto before he had been hired on. And so they're like, is this oh, yeah. a thing you can do? And he's just like, sure. Because as an actor, you're asked a question and you're told, yes, I can do that. And then you'll figure out how to do it later. And so yeah. it's just like, can you do this thing? And he goes, sure. <laughs> can you like break dance fight? <laughs> no, that's from Zoolander. Yeah. No, no, no. That's what I'm saying. The, the, the producers were probably like, can you like break dance slash fight? And they was like, uh, yeah, sure. I guess. Of course they, I can. They just wanted him to get like on the ground, put his head on the ground, like spin around with his legs out. Through, like, the hey, 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 you know, Walter, what we really want you to do in this scene is we just really want you to tap it to tap it to your, the essence of you. You know, what, what makes you, he's like, you, you mean be more black, right? <laughs> yes, but in a white way. <laughs> in a way that's not offensive to white people. Uh, exactly. I've always wondered this, God, just 90s. on white perspective, is it better or worse that they made the Black Ranger the Black Ranger? I, you know, I, I thought about that, but I think it's actually There was actually an interview where I think he was supposed to be the Blue Ranger, and... He was like, wait, there's a black ranger. I have to be the black ranger. Like he wanted to be the yeah. black ranger. Right. So. <laughs> I, I don't know. Like the more I've heard about it came from him and not exec. some studio exec. <laughs> the more I've heard about the whole, like the black ranger is the black guy thing from what it sounds like. Like there was honestly, there was a lot of kind of crappy stuff happening behind the scenes of the original power rangers show. But from what I've heard, like from everything that I've heard, that was just an accident. There were other dumb things they were doing, like paying everyone basically minimum wage to do this big, huge show for a for a series that, by the way, Power Rangers, I've actually looked this up, Power Rangers is worth about $19 billion, and yeah. they throw the smallest amount at the TV show. They, yeah. they pay pennies for the TV show and make billions of dollars off the toys. Yeah, it cost them nothing because they don't even make half of the show. Yeah. It's like half of the show was made in Japan. But not only. And then they just grab that and add some American shots of some teenagers. Some some sexy teenagers with problems. Shot in New Zealand because it's cheaper to film over there. And they don't use union actors. They don't use anyone from the writer from the actors guild can they get away with that oh yeah they they've had to pay fines and they don't care they're just going to keep doing it because it's way cheaper to not use unionized actors which is really crappy (laughs) like jason david frank has gone on uh on his like youtube and facebook pages talking about oh yeah they they spent this much money on the show they they didn't give us anything (laughs) he's he's not union after how many seasons of that show because he's done like eight seasons of that show. Oh yeah, he he's been he's been in a ton of stuff. He's been back numerous times. I don't know. Apparently, Jeez. he's still not union. I, uh, Power I Rangers, they, uh, they don't spend anything on the show and make way too much money off of the toys. I guess he's got his MMA career. Yeah, <laughs> like he he's one of the few people who actually really did a lot of martial arts before before the show went live, and then. Basically, since then, they've not been using actual martial arts people. They're using actors now and teaching them martial arts. Can I share really yeah, quick? Because that, that cool always story. goes well. Yeah. Can I share really quick a cool story about Jason David Frank? Mm-hmm. Um, 
there was one time Ian and I went to Comic Con, right? Yeah. And he was there, and we we went we we weren't gonna like go like get a photo and autographs, and we just want to go up to tell him and say. Hi, just want to let you know how awesome you are and how much you know you mean to us from our childhoods. Mm-hmm. And while we were sitting there, it's like he looked around. His his handler wasn't looking. He's like he he has to like lean forward and he signed our um, bracelets, um, oh. our passes. Like wow. just, we didn't we didn't ask for it. He just he just gave us free autographs. He's yeah. nice guy. Awesome. It, it was a really cool guy. Jason David Frank was cool. Yeah, he's a real he's a real dude from what I've heard. He's like he's oh, real. Yeah. He's he's a real solid dude. Cus has met him twice. He, he oh yeah, got, yeah. He got a few things signed by him. It's really awesome. Yeah, clearly appreciates his fans, man. He's yeah. such a nice guy. <laughs> what? Well, okay. So uh, we went off that's the rails. What, yeah, we did go off the rails. There, we started Nostalgia, talking about TV shows. shows. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. So I guess what we're on to the next uh, contestant. So Caleb, what's your what's your nostalgia? So um. Everything that I watch or play is normally from my past. It's really like I don't really in, indulge in a lot of new things. And like, like the Mummy, I've probably have seen with with um with Brandon Fraser. Uh, I've seen it countless no, times. Like, I've seen it three times in theaters when I was a kid, and I was just watching it again last night. Like, it's like what I live for. That movie um, is surprisingly good. It, it holds up pretty well, I think. Yeah, like one. even with the first like one, <laughs> the, the CG like is is actually amazing compared to some things that come out mm-hmm. now. Again, in the first again in the movie. first one. <laughs> See, this is the second time in the past week I've heard somebody bring that movie up, and I haven't watched it in forever. I need to rewatch this. Oh, it's a solid movie. <laughs> Jerry Goldsmith did the music. It's fun. And other, other than and. As, other than the bad CGI with Dwayne the Rock Johnson, the sequels well, that's not the bad same. either. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, there's some, some Dwayne Johnson CG in the sequel, Mummy 2. Mummy some Returns. of the worst CG yeah. I've ever yeah, seen. Yeah, worst CG. But other than that, that's a really solid movie too. That's actually a really decent sequel. Have you guys seen the third one with the, the Yetis? Yeah. What? Yeah. yeah. That's the one where they go to China? Yeah, yeah. the Tomb of the Dragon Think. Emperor or something like that. Yeah. I didn't know yeah. there was another one. Oh my god! It's, yeah, and then there was the third one. Rachel Vice quit though. Yeah. She's not in yeah. the third one. So they've got a different actress playing Rachel yeah. Vice's part. What's yeah, which like made me mad. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. That's why I didn't watch it at first. Um, <laughs> I was yeah. like, if Rachel Vice yeah. isn't in it, I don't even want to. I don't even care. Yeah. <laughs> it's not great. Has anyone seen the Tom Cruise mummy movie? Yes, yes. I didn't watch it. It's bad. Okay. How, how bad was it? It, it was. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty bad. I mean, it's, have you guys seen the tra- it's trailer they released where they forgot to put all the sound effects in, and so it's just Tom Cruise ro- rolling around going, ah, but <laughs> no? no explosions or anything? <laughs> that would no? be interesting. I'm, I think I'm going to listen that. If they accidentally released that in theaters. Let me find it. Oh, them. my God. That's insane. <laughs> While he looks that up, uh, let me see. Uh, oh, yeah. By the way, uh, the movie that I was talking about earlier was with John Cho, not John Chu. And it's called Searching. And that's the movie where yes. he's like looking for his daughter uh, using her oh, internet. Yeah, 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 using her internet history. So yeah, that that, that's a solid movie. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard of that. Yeah, I didn't want, I didn't want to get off of the podcast before I, mm-hmm. I corrected myself because everybody's going to be like, John Chu. And he's like, how, you, how dare you, you racist asshole. <laughs> but Caleb, like, so, so what else are you uh, nostalgic for, Caleb? Um, Besides that, 
like the old school like PlayStation and like um, Nintendo video games. Yeah. Like I didn't get a Switch at first, and I got one probably about two months ago, and I haven't like left out of like the eight bit zone. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I'm all over like the Nintendo games and the Super Nintendo games. I've been playing. Um, like the Trials of Mana games, yeah, yeah. <laughs> nice. Switch boys unite! Yeah, yeah. yeah, we all got the red and blue one. Yes, <laughs> Jim's got the silver one. Yeah, well, I got like Legend of Zelda stickers on, so like they're gray, but they have like Zelda yeah. And like half of these games I'm playing, I probably wouldn't get near as far as I do without like that rewind feature that they have oh god yes Nintendo games like I'm over here playing Ninja Gaiden and putting like four hours into like two levels oh, okay. <laughs> dude you're giving me like PTSD flashbacks from that game oh my god oh god oh. it's like the amount of difficulty that that game had is like how hard no reason just, just the last few levels just kick it up a notch or two it's oh my god just games were back then. <laughs> well, yeah, games were trying to. Uh, the games were still following off of the design uh, of arcade, well, arcade system, games. Yeah, I know. yeah, which tried to get as many nickels as they could out of kids. So it was just like let's throw everything at them all at once. And then once still they started, move. yeah. Once at the same time, moving. though, like there's a certain appeal of like. Here is here is your tool set. This mm-hmm. is the stuff you can do in this game. It's there's some things that feel wonky or difficult, but if you can master that tool set, like that's Castlevania one for oh, me. I uh, love that game yeah. with all of its jankiness. Being able to overcome that jankiness makes it feel so good when you beat it. Yeah. You beat those games, man. You were like a god, mm-hmm. <laughs> was, dude. Last brag to everyone. <laughs> I'm gonna brag right now. Last night I beat Cuphead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like saw that. Felt so good. So good. Oh, my God. I'm not even going to touch on expert mode, but, man, <laughs> that was the hardest game I played in a long time. Oh, yeah. Isn't that a mode where you can, like, actually have somebody playing with you and then they yeah. can actually hurt you with their fire? Or is that not possible? Uh, Friendly I fire? Don't hurt each other. Yeah, like, I, I, mean, I played with another person a while, a long time ago. Yeah, uh, man, that game is insane. I, yeah. I, I played it for, like, an hour, and I was like, I'm done. I'm gonna, like, I, I got a job. Spend, like, <laughs> I would spend like two or three days playing, you know, sessions on just one or two levels trying to get through them. I was like, I have a job. <laughs> I can't do this. So, Kayla, what it was, so, Kayla, what do you think you're going to be nostalgic for in, like, well, say, the next 30 years? When that when we dropped that topic a couple of weeks ago, I was, I, my mind went blank mm. because... Most of a lot of new things are just things from the past. Like we look at like Stranger Things has been big. Oh yeah. And it's like it's it just makes itself off of like the old eighties stuff with it like its own spin. And but I think um something new that's come out is um even though it is Star Wars, I think the Mandalorian has really had an effect on mm. The entire populace and i think like baby yoda is going to be still going to be huge and people are still going to be wanting those like little dolls for yeah for some time you yep. know the yoda. furby of our of this generation yeah yeah this generation definitely definitely I on, a, that. I forget that. on a similar note the mcu 
you know, like it's technically not new. It's based on, you know, Marvel comics, but man, I can't imagine there not being huge nostalgia for those movies in the future. Dang it. Especially to relate this back to what Nathan was talking about earlier. Um, I think a, a big reason why Nathan, you're also nostalgic for the late nineties, early two thousands is that was the last time you could really kind of make some serious money off of going to the theater. Like, one of the things that I was taught when I first went to film school was that don't make a feature film, you will not make money off of a feature film. And the MCU kind of brought going to the movies back. Like, that was a big thing about people are like, oh, I can go see the newest Marvel film, and it feels like such a big thing to see that in the theater, to see the big, big, huge spectacle. It created... It, it sort of resurfaced the uh, the idea of yeah. going to the films for a spectacle reason. That is, I am 100% behind the MCU in the future being a nostalgic thing. That people are like, oh, I wish I could have seen the Avengers in the theater. I wish I could have seen Infinity War in the theater. Also, yeah. because it's one of those like recurring big events. You know, it's mm-hmm. the MCU, the Star Wars movies, the Lord of the Rings movies, the Harry Potter movies. These ones where it's like, Every year, every, you know, nine months, or whatever, it's like another one in this long series or expanded universe. Those things, like, like I remember seeing when I saw Lord of the Rings in theaters as a kid, like that was the biggest thing, like every year waiting for the next one. Oh, yeah. And I remember. Ex- when, did you ever see the extended editions in theaters? I didn't catch that. What? They uh, did the extended editions in theaters. I went with my dad to see the third one. It was like five hours in the movie theater. It was nuts. And I, I remember thinking that when I saw um, the latest Star Wars movie, you know, hearing that music mm-hmm. and seeing that, like, this is the last one John Williams is doing. This is, you know, the last one of this trilogy. Is this the last mainline Star Wars movie? And, like, that nostalgic feel from seeing the prequel trilogy as a kid, you know? And just, it's not just that it's, you know, a feature film, it's part of a bigger okay. cinematic experience. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I- I read somewhere that the Marvel cinematic movies are like single-handedly or they were before the coronavirus. Who knows what's happening now? Like keeping the theater uh, industry afloat financially. I wouldn't be surprised. Like no other movies are making a profit during that time. Yeah. Like I think, but in between the, like the big mega blockbusters in general is what was keeping them afloat and Marvel movies. There's like the, main progenitor there then you've got like stuff like uh what like you guys kind of stole my future nostalgia <laughs> thing or at least one of them because i was going to go into all of these because i was going to go into the mcu sorry I was gonna go into, uh, i'm gonna go into uh um uh, fast and furious uh, and i was gonna go into i was gonna go into everything the dc movies just the feeling of the newness of all of this it's something that hasn't been necessarily done before kind of in a way is these just like mega like because we always remember when we were kids we would always talk about like what is batman and superman but in the same movie <laughs> and it's like and then we never thought it would happen and then boom here it is it's like batman and superman are in the same movie it's not that great but it doesn't matter <laughs> <laughs> it's because it's batman and superman in the same movie and they're not gonna do just one they're gonna do more then there's the justice league then there's avengers then there's uh like it's like Vin, it's like it's like, oh, Vin Diesel's doing all these cool movies. And then you got The Rock doing all these cool movies. But now Vin Diesel and The Rock in the same movie. <laughs> oh, my God. It's like, what's going on here? And then you saw, like, um, what was that movie? The Expendables. 
That is insanity. It's like you had you had freaking Arnold Schwarzenegger, Sylvester Stallone, Bruce Willis, Jet Li, uh, freaking Jason Statham, and it's like you got all these cat Dolph Lundgren, you know, all these cats in the same movie. It was like that whole newness of this everybody coming together for this like collaborative effort to make like a single movie and have that movie just be like a huge event thing is like. I don't know if we're ever going to see anything like Avengers Endgame ever again. Like, even if they do, like, another Avengers movie in the future, it's not It's not going to be Avengers Endgame. They can't. This, there's no way it's ever going to be as special as that. And, uh, like, there's n- even, like, Avengers Endgame isn't anywhere near as special as Avengers 1 was. It's like, I mean, don't get me wrong. I love Avengers Endgame. I think it was a great movie, but I don't think it's anywhere near as special to me as the first time I sat down and watched the first Avengers movie. Oh, yeah. With all with all the people that I had gathered around me at that time, I was like, I never dreamed that this would happen and now it's happening. And I don't Same. know if we're ever going to see something <laughs> like that happen in the movies, you know, at least, you know, in a movie theater again. No, because yeah. I don't know if movie theaters are going to be around for much longer. If we do, it'll be animated and it will be based around either like Nickelodeon cartoons or Cartoon Network cartoons. Yeah. Like that's going to be like the next generations. Like, you know, it's not going to be comic book characters. It's going to be, you know, nostalgic cartoon characters. <laughs> it's going to be that scene from Wreck-It Ralph with all the Disney princesses. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. You know, all uh, the Disney princesses team up to fight evil. You know, all, oh, all the bad uh, guys are teaming up too. Oh my god, that's gonna be the greatest movie ever. <laughs> I, I, I gotta wonder though, like all this talk about nostalgia, um, what Caleb said earlier about how so much of what we see today is nostalgia for the eighties, like Stranger Things, or even you know, again, like MCU based on old superheroes. I gotta wonder how much is coming out new today that people will feel nostalgic for that won't just be nostalgia from nostalgia from nostalgia or is that just everything in media i mean look at how many movies are remakes of older movies or books that people just kind of forget existed i mean star wars for example you know that's yeah. first of all highly influenced by uh joseph conrad's uh was it man with a thousand faces yep joseph campbell joseph campbell there you go yeah i thought you were gonna uh, say heart of darkness for a second <laughs> Um, but it's also, I mean, based on Kurosawa as well, right? Hidden Fortress, which I actually watched after we discussed this on the one of the previous podcasts. It's not that similar to Star Wars. There's the the samurai character and the princess who the two uh, peasants are trying to help. But there's no Luke Skywalker analog. There's no Darth Vader analog. So it's not an exact thing. But you can still, see the influence there, though. Yeah. yeah. So even back in the 70s, they were still like, there's still that like recursive nostalgia going on. It's kind of how it always has been. Everything's influenced by everything going back to Homer and uh, his influences. Yeah, and I mean, Star Wars was basically influenced mainly by the old, uh, like, uh, uh, God, what's his name? Uh, Flash Gordon serials and stuff like that. So. That with hints of like stuff like Kurosawa and Indian yeah. in it. So what were you saying, Ian? It does sort of feel like with the era of the internet and being able to essentially like have a permanent fixed history from now on, it feels like nostalgia for the past like 
it, it seems like essentially between about late 70s to about early 2000s, we're going to probably be stuck within that nostalgic era for a long time. It's harder to be nostalgic about stuff since then, since everything is now like recorded and uh, and archived online it's gonna i feel like it's going to be more difficult for people in the future to be nostalgic about oh do you remember stuff that happened in 2016 you know we're we're in like 2035 it's like i oh, remember 2016 it's like 2016 wasn't that long ago no it was 19 years ago it's like really it doesn't feel like it's that long it's because the era of the internet has allowed all of us to sort of archive everything we've got online and so I mean, that's true for everybody, though, right? I mean, everyone's mm-hmm. like, how has it already been, you know, this many years since the 70s, since mm-hmm. the 80s? Like, it's it's that it's the phenomenon of like you get older and you just how the hell has it been that long already? Yeah. How's Austin Powers over 20 years old? Oh, God. Yeah, it's 25. Wait, I can't wait till 10 years from now when kids are waxing nostalgia over PewDiePie and Markiplier. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to be completely honest, PewDiePie's already passed his prime, and I wouldn't and I'm wouldn't be surprised if people are already nostalgic for the good days of PewDiePie before he Yeah. So anyway. <laughs> well, with how fast everything goes with the internet days, like people are nostalgic for old game grumps. And I mean, how long ago was that? I mean, what, five, six years or so probably? But again, the thing is. All so much happening in so little time. There's so much more to feel nostalgic for. So much faster. Yep. Yeah, definitely. So I guess it's my turn. We'll go, we'll get through this pretty quick, and then we'll wrap things up. Uh, so my nostalgia was for old '90s television shows as well. But unlike Jim, mine was more for like live action stuff, especially live action uh, children's television. So I had, but not just children's television, like some like was more like action oriented television that I used to watch on Saturdays, like freaking Hercules, the legendary journeys and Xeno warrior. (laughs) Princess. Oh yeah. So, but also I had some nineties kids television on here. Like, uh, let's see here, like specifically kid focused game shows. Oh yeah. Game shows. Dear God. Yeah. Like double dare. Legends of the Hidden Temple. Heart. Uh, so much love for that show. <laughs> what would you do? Mm-hmm. Wild and Crazy Kids. Mm-hmm. What was uh, the big head and they had to guess what the kid did? Figure it out. That's what I've been saying. Yeah, yeah. figure it out. Figure it out. <laughs> figure it out. Yes, yes, yes. And uh, also, of course, you know, two of my favorites. Uh, where in the world is Carmen San Diego? <laughs> <laughs> And then other than that one, then my ultimate favorite kids game show, do you have it? Do you have it? That was my favorite one. It had Mike O'Malley doing the play-by-play. And that was like just genius. That was just a genius show. It's American Gladiators for kids. American Gladiators, there's another one. (laughs) I feel like Global Guts introduced me to the very idea of like the Olympics. Because it was kind of like Olympics for kids. Yeah. Yeah. It was. And at the end of every episode, you had to climb that big old mountain called the Astro Crag. <laughs> and you got this weird looking trophy that was basically just a mountain. <laughs> but that. that show was great. That show, I love that show so much. And then did, you ever, 
Did you oh, ever watch like the uh, Disney like sitcom shows? Like I was all about like Boy Meets World and yeah. Smart Guy and yeah, I remember oh, Smart God. Guy. I was actually that was actually on my list. It was like Boy I'm Meets sorry, World. I'm taking things list. off your list. <laughs> Boy Meets World was on my list. Smart Guy was on my list. Sister Sister was on my list. I remember Sister Sister. Uh, uh, that was that was the good one. Yes, uh, Moesha was on my list. Uh, what else? What else? What else? Oh yeah, uh, you guys might not remember Ghost Rider, not Ghost Rider, but Ghost Writer. He <laughs> was like a little, yeah, yeah, the little ball that was a ghost, yeah. and he like took letters and rearranged them into stuff. And he was like working with this group of kids as they figured out detective stuff. <laughs> that was. It was on PBS, but it was hilarious. I love it. Uh, oh, what else they have? Oh yeah. Are you afraid of the dark? Yeah. And Goosebumps. 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 Yeah. Terrible. Are you afraid of the dark episode that was basically <laughs> the sixth sense? Goosebumps was terrible, but it was hilarious, though. It was <laughs> yeah. like... It was a nice <laughs> intro, though. Yeah. yeah. Really <laughs> oh, God, the intro. And then, and then Are You Afraid of the Dark was, like, just terrifying. <laughs> you know, had, the intros were scarier than most of the episodes with those kinds yeah. of shows. Oh, yeah. You know, Colin Mockery was on an episode of Goosebumps. <laughs> Really? Mockery, like, oh yeah, and in an episode called Bad Hair Day. <laughs> I'm yeah, not that kidding. <laughs> that makes sense. Wow. And then you got shows. This is not, not fair. <laughs> and then I had shows like on here, like uh, All That and uh, oh. Keenan and Kel. Oh, I miss Keenan and Kel so much. From Snick. Oh, here it goes. <laughs> here Saturday Night Nick. That oh, was yeah. that was my jams. Nick 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 Nick. Nick. <laughs> Yeah, and then the the uh, what was it? The fact that Coolio sung the theme song yeah. for Keenan and Kel. <laughs> There's yeah. a name you haven't heard for a while. Yeah, <laughs> nostalgic Coolio, for Coolio. Is Coolio still okay? Is he doing all right? Because <laughs> he hasn't. Has he released anything? I haven't heard from Coolio, but the, the another name that I've heard from from the '90s was Buster Rhymes. Oh, Buster <laughs> Rhymes is still doing <laughs> stuff. Good. Yeah. Speaking of like '90s show artists, like. I mentioned I was rewatching a Proud Family. I never realized that it was Destiny's Child that sang the theme to that. I was like, yeah. okay. Oh, and that blew my mind. Because like once I realized, I, I was like, okay, yeah, I hear it. How did I not hear this as a kid? Because <laughs> wasn't her sister on the show? Was she? I thought it was her sister that I was on the show. Kyla Pratt was the... No, no, not the main girl. Like The main girl was obviously Kyla Pratt. But I'm pretty sure... like. Solange Knowles was in the show somehow. Huh. But I, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe. I, I mean, they had so like, many. Like, if go look up their guest stars. They had so many big names as guest stars. They had so many big names just starring on the show. Oh, yeah. Like, freaking Tommy Davidson was like in the show for like some weird reason. <laughs> like, roped him into that. But, <laughs> but yeah, those are those things that I was nostalgic for in the past. But I think in the future, other than the, the movie thing that I was talking about, I think in the future, we. I'm pretty sure we're going to be nostalgic for things that are disappearing like now, like, like privacy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think we're going to be nostalgic for the fact that after the end of this podcast, we can unplug and, you know, the cameras will go off, the audio will cut out, the recording will stop, and that'll be the end of the podcast for a week, and we'll actually be able to go about our lives and do stuff that the whole rest of the world's not going to know about. <laughs> and uh, I think the fact that, you know, stories that, you know, you have and that you'll talk with about, you'll talk about with your friends, but, you know, nobody else will know. 
stuff like that. Like it's not going to go up on internet, you know, the time that, you know, you got into a bar fight with these, you know, randos at, at some bar, you got drunk and you got into a fight. Now that goes up on world star. You know what I mean? And like before it was just like, Oh, that's a story that you're going to tell your kids about that time. You got to that bar fight with you and your friends to inform, to like explain how close you were to your boys mm. back in the day, you know, stuff like that, like stuff that was like, you held it privately and you, and you, and it, you cherished it, but I don't think we're going to have stuff like that uh, in the future. I think we're going to have to find new ways of interacting with each other and, and uh, forming those kind of stories, but it's just going to go out to everybody and everybody's going to be connected, which is, you know, in some ways good, but I think in some ways we're going to lose some very, uh, very uh, poignant stuff. Yeah. No, I agree with you on the episode that. on a downer, but you guys stole my Marvel <laughs> cinematic universe. <laughs> Still my Marvel. We got to end it on a dark note. Yeah, I know. So, <laughs> but in light of that, uh, everybody, we finished yet another episode of the JC podcast. It was, uh, and I was like, it's a you're all caught up. And I want to thank each and every single one of you for tuning in. So you could be any, you could be listening to any podcast in the world, but you are here with us and we appreciate that. And I want to thank our good friend, Nathan, for providing our themes. So please check out his website at NathanTownsComposer.com. And again, you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Listen Notes, RSS feeds, and pretty soon on YouTube. So please like, share, and subscribe, ring the bell, so you don't miss any of our new episodes. So for myself... And for the rest of the JCU crew, to all you JCU crewmates out there, it has been our pleasure, privilege, and honor to be with you today. This is us signing out. Peace. Bye.